Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kickback Presents the All Memphis Post Game Show. Special edition on Thursdays. You know what it is. This is Tigers Talk Thursdays. Uh, we haven't been around for a minute, but uh, we back now, and it's time to talk to uh to and about La Tigres, your Memphis Tigers. Um, which if you think about it, it ain't been much to say this time around i mean since the last show we had the tigers have been on a they've been on a five game winning streak and they just been doing their thing they've been they've been looking better playing better but you know i got a nitpick and i got some things to say i'm trying to share this to my other page real quick i think i know that's why i won't be able to share it because i won't be doing that so let me uh let me get that right anyway who to all the people joining us in uh, the internet world, thank y'all. If you are watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, do all that stuff that they always tell you to do. Um, leave a comment if you agree or disagree with what I'm saying. And uh, yeah, we can go from there. Do, 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 do. Now it is shared to my public Facebook. Let me get a few more people in here. As always, got the homie Campbell rocking with me. Campbell, what's up? Campbell celebrated the birthday. Not too long ago. How old are you now, man? A hundred. <laughs> old ass. But anyway, let's talk about the Tigers, man. They've been on a five-game winning streak, most notably um beating top five Houston uh at Houston on Saturday. And there was a game that Memphis needed to needed to win. I mean, there was a game that they needed to have there uh, for the tournament. All the other games were like revenge games, or they 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 played Tulane again and beat Tulane. They played ECU again and beat ECU. They played Tulsa again and beat Tulsa, right? So those were all games that they needed to revenge some of the losses that they had. Uh, you know, they didn't lose to Tulsa, but, you know, that that's neither here nor there. Um, and so one of the – in it, but it's not been without any drama, right? So throughout the losing streak or whatever, you know, Imani Bates – has a had a back issue that nobody really knew about. He went from one day playing 30 minutes to the next day saying his back hurts. He has to go see a specialist in Michigan. So people were speculating that he's done with the team, not coming back, but they shot those rumors down pretty quickly. And he he supposedly came back. He's supposedly back. I haven't seen him. Um, but I know he's here. I'm just joking. But the team has played a lot better with Imani uh, out of the lineup to be completely honest. And um, one thing you got to say is the team got – is one thing you have to say, which is what their head coach, Penny Hardaway, was saying, is that um, the team, when they got healthy, they were going to be something to work, something to be reckoned with, which we kind of gave him a little pushback on because at the start of the season, he was healthy. The team was healthy. When they lost to Georgia, they were healthy. When they lost to Murray State, they were healthy. Which now is looking like Murray State when the bad loss, they're a top 25 team in the country. So, you know, so you can actually that loss doesn't even look like a bad loss, uh, this right now. But when they lost to Ole Miss, they were healthy. So, but Penny has been on beating this horse, like, yo, if my team gets healthy, we're gonna be um we're gonna be all right. And so as of now, they are all right. They have worked themselves back into a tournament contention. They I think they're on the last four out. This was before Oregon won last week, but Oregon just got beat at Arizona State tonight. So 
in the bracketology tomorrow, even Memphis hasn't played, Memphis will probably be in the first four in. I mean, I mean the last four in, just because they've been kind of toying with Oregon and Memphis for that for that spot. Um, so yeah, and you got the one thing I can say, and it's a thing that I have said many a time. You can go back to all the old shows from the t- other Tiger Talk Thursdays to the other post game shows we've done to the podcast stuff I've done. Penny did what I told him to do. What I said he should have done was he got back to his core. And that core is DeAndre Williams, Landers Nolly, and Lester Quinones. That was the reason we were so excited about this team coming into uh, coming into the season because he was bringing back that core of players that we know are college tested. And Penny himself has admitted that, you know, I try to put too much on our freshmen. And in this conference, you got to have, you know, you got to have um, – grown men to do all that. We all knew that. He should have known that at the beginning of the season. Like Jalen Duran physically came in and did what he's supposed to do. Jalen Duran's been a great addition to this team. He play comes in, he plays his role. I don't know what he's doing behind the scenes, but in, like he ain't bitching about minutes, ain't bitching about touches. You know, so he's been a good he's been a good contributor to the team. Sometimes he's the best player on the court. But when you got that core group, look at all the games they've won and played well in. That core group does uh a lot of the work they do a lot of the work lester landers and deandre deandre we all know he's 37 years old with a bad back and um he's out here playing like a 37 year old like he doesn't have he doesn't have bases playing in the g league 16 triple a yeah they need him over we need him over at white station um <laughs> yo can he money base go play white station for the uh, district tournament Shout out to the Spartans. They beat Central tonight in the first round of district tournament. Uh, we got East, I think, coming up on Monday in the semifinals. But, um, oh, man, what was I saying about about Landers? No, it's about DeAndre. DeAndre is a 37-year-old super senior. Game's not that, you know, his game is not that flashy. He does a lot of the hustle plays, but he he's the most important player on this team. And when they didn't have him, you can tell. You can tell they struggled, and you can tell why they struggled. They didn't have anybody to do the things that he could do. And so they played a lot better with him back in the lineup, but he has a bad back. One one fall, one fall the wrong way, and he's out for another two or three games. And so somebody else has to step up. And that person to step up has been Landers. Like um, the Houston game, the other game, like the other games against the rematch against Tulane and the rematch against ECU. Um, I don't count those games. They was going to win. They weren't going to lose to those teams again, right? Especially not at home. They weren't going to lose to those teams again. Although they tried to lose to ECU, I actually went to that game. And it, was, it wasn't it was a great display of college basketball. But they ended up winning the game. Um, so you start looking at the teams that they play well against, the good teams they play well against. Oh, no Tulane, no shade to them. No, the coach down there, the black, I forget his name. Um Damn, his son played in the league a little bit. I can't think of that coach's name. Um, Ron something. It'll come, it'll come to me. Uh, but Memphis should have beat those teams anyway. Those are those are teams that Memphis should have beat regardless. Um, 
So I'm not really counting the performances against them. Those are like get right, get right performances. Those are your warm-up games. Those are your scrimmages. So when you do go and you play Houston at Houston or you do go play Cincinnati at Cincinnati or you do get ready to go play SMU at SMU, you can learn, lean on what you got back from those games because those games get you right for these tough teams. And so Penny knew that. And with Imani not being out, with Imani being out in the space in the starting lineup opening, um, he realized he needed to get Landers Nolly going. So he put Landers in the starting lineup for the Houston game and Landers produced. Landers produced. Um, but we all we all know that he could do that. And that was one of the issues. I don't I'm sure Memphis Media talked about it. I know I mentioned it. Um when he signed Imani and he kind of threw off threw off the rhythm of the team was Landers is a volume shooter. Like moving him to the bench and like cutting his shots is not going to be the way to get the best out of Landers Nolly. And for a while it wasn't. And for a while it wasn't. And then he, you know, he, um, he came up big in the Alabama game, came up big in the Houston game and some in, in, in between, he was hurt some too. So, you know, you got to give all these guys credit for coming back from their injuries and playing well. But uh, these, these, the, what do I want to say about Landers without sounding mean, look at my notes. Let me, let me look at his shot attempts. That's what I want to look over real quick. Do some research real quick to look at Landers Nolly's shot attempts. Shout out to five of y'all watching. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you leave a comment or uh, or whatever. Leave a comment. Leave a joke. Your thoughts on the Tigers, whatever you want to do, man. We we here to have a good time. We here for a good time, not not a long time. Landers Nolly. Let's check it out. I'm not gonna share my screen, but well, let me mute this because ESPN likes to play videos. It's already muted, it ain't gonna matter. Um, shot attempts for Landers. Ten against um 10 against Cincinnati, 7 against Houston, 5 against Tulane, 9 against UCF, 13 against UCF, 7, 8, 11, 13, 14. So the Alabama game, he shot 14 shots, uh, had 13 and 6. The Wichita game, when they blew him out, he had 11 shots, had 11 and 6. UCF lost 13 shots, 11 and 6. UCF win, 9 shots. He only shot the ball 7 times against Houston? Wow. He was super efficient, five of seven for 20 points and um, two rebounds. So he was really focusing on scoring more then. But like I said, like Landers got to get his shots up. That's his thing. He That's how he gets his rhythm. He plays, he gets his shots up. And when he starts, he starts hot. If he starts hot, you're in for a long, you're in for a long game. If not, you know, we'll go from there. Um, it's good to see Lester get back. <laughs> it's good to see Lester get back to Le- being Lester, making shots and playing defense. Um, and it was one of the things that was a criticism of the team during their losing streak, during the lull, just the lull when they were up and down. They weren't playing defense the way they needed to. And I said they started with Lester. Um, you know, so good to see him being back. My boy TJ in the chat. TJ, what's up? Josh Minot been a key player. Josh Minot has been such a good, such a good addition to this team. A very versatile player coming off the bench. Freshman long can rebounds. Had a couple double doubles this year. Uh, somebody that Penny Penny goes to when he needs some energy. Uh, usually the first is he the first big off the bench. 
either him or Malco are the first big off the bench when Duran needs to come out or Duran gets in foul trouble. Uh, but my not, you know, some people are talking about him being a pro. So you, we don't even know how long he going to be here. I tell what Penny best recruiting job is going to be keeping Josh Minot because you need him for next year. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's where we are with the team right now. Like I said, they got a big game coming up on Sunday against SMU at SMU. If they win that game, they will be firmly in the tournament. And then they got, um, then they got Temple, another Houston game. Um, and then they'll play Houston and these teams again in the conference tournament. So the big games they got left is at SMU on Sunday. They got Houston here in Memphis. Um, and that's, you know, all the, all these other games don't really matter. Those are the, they should, they shouldn't lose. The only teams that should give them problems in this last three weeks of the season are SMU and Houston. And I don't, and seeing what I saw from Houston, Memphis should beat them by 10 points here in Memphis too. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't even be close here in Memphis. Um, <clears throat> I thought that I thought Vegas and the sports books disrespected Memphis on Saturday. When you look at the line, Memphis was a 10 point underdog. I put so much money on that. And for me, so much money betting is like $10. Like I didn't put that. <laughs> I went out here breaking the bank. But when I saw that Memphis was a 10 point underdog, yeah, they're going to they keep that close to 10. So I put 10 on it. And then during the game, I mean, Houston got out to the – Memphis got out to the lead, and Houston kind of came back. And at some point, Memphis was like a plus two, plus 112, plus 150 or something on the money line after halftime, put another 10 on that. Because I felt the way the game was going, Memphis was going to win, and they ended up pulling it out. I might be a Memphis hater, that some people say, but I also know when they're good and when they're not, right? Um, so coming like coming this down the end of this season – SMU at SMU, SMU hasn't lost at home. They just beat Houston at home a few day, uh, about a week and a half ago. So it's going to be tough for them, and um, we'll see what we'll see what happens. I don't think a loss there hurts them. A loss to SMU doesn't hurt them, but a loss to like Temple or um, you, who else they got? They play UCF twice. They play Wichita twice. Or they they might maybe got one more Wichita game. Like losing one of them teams might hurt them, but losing to SMU won't hurt them. And even losing to Houston, if they happen to lose to Houston here, won't hurt them either in the eyes of the committee because those are games that, you know, whatever. But, but there's always a but. And before, but before I go into the kind of the negative thing, let me just keep getting positive for these guys. Shout out to ALO. Um, Alex Lomax has always been a scapegoat for when things go wrong with this team. So you got to give him a shout out when things go well. So shout out to ALO. Shout out to Tyler Harris. Uh, Tyler Harris didn't play that much against Houston because of big guards. The one thing about Tyler is, and this TJ put that in there, his size against some of these taller, more physical teams, his size hurts him because he's so little. Now he can shoot the hell out of the ball. He can shoot the ball from 30 feet, but you know, sometimes he gets bumped in the side, you know, all of the other stuff happens. And, but shout out to Tyler, always being ready, always making jump shots. Um, always doing, always doing what he needed to do. Good to see Chandler Lawson back on the court. Malcolm doing great. Jalen Duran's doing okay. I mean, Jalen Duran's doing fine. He's gonna be a top ten lottery pick. Um, so he's doing his thing. Good to Josh Minot. Earl Timberlake. I can do without. He. I don't know or what he adds to the team. Like the best thing about Timberlake and Bates being out is that Penny doesn't have to play them. 
and he can't, he won't, and he doesn't have to feel bad for not playing them because that's we know that for a fact that one of Penny's flaws that we've seen in all four years of his coaching is trying to play too many guys. So as long as those guys aren't available, he can't play them. He can't mess up the chemistry of the team and what he got going on. So we need we somebody need to stay unavailable so he can keep this this mojo going. Um. So yeah, man. Shout out to them doing the thing. I think they are what sixteen and. I guess I should have kept that up, huh? Let's see what, see what their record is, and then look at that schedule one more time. And uh, then we'll just go from there. And I got some thoughts on. Got some thoughts on Penny and his underdog complex. I got some thoughts on this, the reaction of Memphians to this team and Memphis media and um, all that good stuff. So let's see. They are now 15 and eight and they got a game at SMU toss up versus Temple at the crib should beat them versus which I say to the crib should beat them and South Florida should beat them versus Houston. So one, two, three, five games left. You want to go four and one. But more than likely, they could definitely go five and zero in those games. You don't want to lose to Temple, Wichita, or South Florida. A loss to SMU won't hurt. A loss to Houston won't hurt. Um, but you cannot, by any means, lose to Temple, Wichita, or South Florida. They win those. If they win those five games, they'll be twenty and eight. With um, they with being number one or two in the conference, which is boom. That's all you can kind of ask for. Um. Now let's get to Penny Hardaway and his Coach Penny and his uh, – oh, what, one more other thing. Actually, and this, this all falls under Coach Penny. Coach Penny and his underdog complex. There's a There was an article in The Athletic right before the Houston game where Penny is like, I don't understand why people are so down on this team. Like, what is controversy or what is adversity? No, dysfunction was the word, like – People said my team was dysfunctional at the beginning of the season. Like, what is dysfunction? And is there some adversity that teams go through? All teams go through adversity, you know, whatever, through the season. And it's like, bro, no, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about. You had, like, you lost from the outside in, outside looking in, it looked like you didn't have control of your team. You didn't know if your team was vaccinated. But so you lost to Tennessee. You lost two games there. You come on TV blaming your seniors who have been say who have now come back to save your ass for not uh playing right with the freshmen and not giving the not giving the freshmen this like you had a divided locker room because you brought in some stuff that wasn't there and like you know Jalen Duran and Imani Bates you know they're 18 year old kids and this is hard and you should give them a break like yeah, it's a bunch of other 18-year-old kids out here doing the same thing that don't get that same break. Like, you decided to bring these guys in. You decided that Imani and Jalen should be able to handle this. And now that they can't handle it, don't get mad at us. For, don't get mad at us in the media. And I'm not even the media. Don't get mad at us as fans and supporters and the media that say maybe they can't handle this. Maybe this is too much for them. And have expectations. You can't set the expectations the way Penny Hardaway has set the expectations for his team and then get mad when you and your team don't meet the expectations. It doesn't make any sense. And so, yeah, you can't, you can't get mad at the, the 
the city for criticizing you when you're in a position to be criticized. They've criticized every coach before you. They're going to criticize every coach after you. If you if you lose a game you're supposed to win, criticize. You win a game you're supposed to win but not by enough, criticize. You got the wrong lineup out there at the wrong time, criticize. That's how this game goes. It's college basketball, right? It's college basketball at the highest level. Either get with it or don't get with it. Either take the, take the responsibility of what comes with doing this and do it the right way, right? Penny <laughs> Campbell said, keep cussing, Penny. Hey, man. If he if he got to keep cussing, keep cussing. If whatever whatever he got to do to make himself feel like he's doing it, do what you got to do. But you can't tell other people how to feel about it. Your team was a disappointment for the first three months of the season. That's a fact. That's a that's a stone cold fact. That's the truth. Truth. Like your team was a disappointment. You can't get mad at people for pointing out the fact that your team was a disappointment. And you can't get mad at people when they get back on the bandwagon, per se, when the team starts playing good. I liken it to a student. and I liken it to a kid and his parents, right? The parents know that their child is super smart. Like, I got a super smart kid. I don't really have to. We're going into junior year of high school. Got a super smart kid. Don't really have to worry about him. But that first six weeks or that first semester, Kid is acting up, come back to school with come back home on a report card, bad grades. So the parents gonna be like, look, bro, I know you can do better than this. We know you can do better than this. We as parents and you yourself had a higher expectation for you. So when he come back, go back and the boom, 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 get the second report card six weeks later, nine weeks later, and it's all A's, boom, there you go. Now you back on track. Cause we know what you can do. You've shown us you can do this before. That's what I'm like. That's how we look at this season. We know this team is going to be talented. They underachieved that first three months. So we got to tell you that you would underachieve. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. Get your shit right. And now go. <laughs> and now show us what, and we, and we'll be there for you. Like you don't get, I got people in my DMs and stuff like that after every Tigers win now because of whatever, like, bro, like they beat, sent, they beat a sorry ECU team. They supposed to beat them. You don't get cookies for beating an ECU team. You don't get a cookie for beating a less than good Cincinnati team. You don't like those are things you're supposed to do. That's things you're supposed to do. As y'all all know, most of the people know on this watching this, I went to versus Arizona. Bear down, top three team in the nation. Um, we beat Oregon State tonight by 20 some points, but it was a tough first half. If we lost that game, we would have been on the coach, bro. What you doing? We're not supposed to lose to them. But since we win, it's like, it's cool, whatever, bro. Because you're supposed to beat them. Although Oregon State wasn't the lead eight team last year, so no, however you're going to go. Um, but you don't, get, you don't get kudos for doing what you're supposed to do. And at some point, Penny's whole underdog, woe is me, I need everybody on my side, shtick has got to be done. It's got to be done. Now, you are the head coach of the University of Memphis. You one of the greatest NBA players that we've seen. Biased, of course. You can handle this. You don't have to sit. Everybody ain't going to like you. You don't need the whole team, the whole city to rally around you. And you make and you make it easy for them not to. So I give I give credit. I give credit to a lot of the fans that stood by him. You know, my mom on here now, she the one, she'd always talk, you're being too hard on the boys. 
you need too hard on Penny, man. No, that ain't it. This high stakes college basketball. This high stakes college, if you either you can do it or you can't. And we know we can, so do it. Actually, we don't know we can. That's also the thing. That's also the thing. You don't get the benefit of the doubt that you can because we don't know you can. He said, judge me in the same article. He said, judge me in March. Well, brother, what you don't think you done in March is when if you got you ain't won a conference tournament. So I'm looking you in March in that. You won the NIT. Big whoop. What are we judging? You don't get the benefit of the doubt. You don't get the benefit of the doubt because you ain't showed us that you deserve the benefit of the doubt. All we know is you can put a team together. Can you coach them? Eh. You know? So that's that with Penny and his and his underdog complex. Anything else? I didn't got I got a little some notes, but I don't know. One thing I also noticed this is a positive though. Um on Penny and his coaching. You can you can see a little bit of growth. You can see a little bit of the growth. He doesn't let them run as much anymore. Uh watching the Cincinnati game, you can see that Penny has been very uh vocal and very serious about getting a play called almost every time down the court not kind of letting them freelance anymore if you ever notice now if the fast break opportunity is there they take it but sometimes they like 85 80 percent of the time they get the rebound alo or lester or landers whoever the point guard is at the time dribbling up the court and they look at penny to get the play which is something that coaches do with teams this is something i learned when i was working at usc with uh under Kevin O'Neill, KO would call a play almost every time down the court. And I always wonder why. First off, it slows the game down, takes the tempo of the game off. So it gives you a good, gives you a chance at a good shot. So they can set up their press. That's part of it. If you take the randomness out of the game, the players know where I always say the players know where shots are coming from when you call a play. So, hey, I want to get Lester a shot. We're going to run three down. We know Lester's going to shoot the ball in the corner. P- players know that. They know that's the shot. They know let me get in the position. Boom. Whatever. When there's a lot of randomness going on, you don't know when the shot coming. You don't know where it's coming from. So you're not really there. That's part of the reason. That's part of the reason for this turnaround, too. Pace is slowed down a little bit. Defense picked up some, which is something that I think was a tactical decision that he knew he needed to do. And he, we all know he trusts Alo. So with Alo on the court, and Alo gonna do what Penny tell him to do. There you go. That's a good thing too. I I, I noticed that I wrote that down. Um, and obviously he has a shortened rotation because of some injuries, but he needs to keep it. He needs to keep that rotation short. There's a reason why really good college programs only play eight players from the start of the season. Like it's Penny tried to come in and be this you know innovator and do this, and I want to get. I'm going to have. 12 good guys. No, that's not how it works in college basketball, bro. That's not even how it works in the NBA. Ain't no NBA team going 12 deep. Um, well, I guess the Grizzlies can say they go can go 12 deep, but they ain't going, they ain't playing 12 players in a game. Penny tried to play 12 players in a game. You ain't gonna do it. The best you're gonna go eight, nine, and then when you get to tournament time, you're going eight. Because you want your best eight out there. Um, so I like that. Another thing, I need teams to do better scouting. If I see another team jump and Alex Lomax head fake from three, 
I'm going to throw my remote control. If Alex Lomax beats you from the three-point line, then goddamn, he beats you. <laughs> like, I don't understand why anybody's jumping at an A-low three-pointer. I don't get it. But, it, you know, that's if, if people going to jump, let them jump. It helps the Tigers. Uh, let me see what I wrote down here. He has stopped playing victim. Everything that has happened outside of injuries has been his doing. The expectations were set by him. He and his team are living up to those expectations, so it's okay to criticize them for that. Also, one thing they have to do is they have to protect the leads. They have to protect leads. Saw it in the Houston game. Saw it in the Cincinnati game. They get up. They get comfortable. They don't protect the lead. They were seven-point favorites. Or they were three-point favorites against Cincinnati, which was too low. Made some money off that one. Um, and then I took an alternate line that they would beat them by more than eight and a half, beat them by nine. And they almost did it. But they, they let their foot off the gas in the second half. What happened was they let Cincinnati speed the game up. Memphis had a nice tempo in the first half where they can make shots, get in their press. But in the second half, Cincinnati kind of sped the game up. They were going back up and down, and they got back in the game. So holding leads is going to be important. SMU, um, didn't they lose? Did they lose to SMU already this year? Yeah, they did. I'm, I know they played them, and they were they, their game was here in Memphis, and I think that that was one of the losses, but – let me double check and make sure. One of y'all listening, no, Tim. Let's see. Scrimmage, you wow. They they lost to SMU here uh, on January twentieth, about a month ago. So. It's going to be tough. This is going to be a tough game. I'm interested to see what the line for that game is going to be. I can imagine Memphis is an underdog in that game against SMU. SMU hasn't lost at home, um, and they beat them already. I can imagine that Memphis is probably a two- to three-point underdog against SMU on Sunday, which is a bet I'll take. I'll take that money. i put $10 on that right now. If Memphis is plus three, I'm getting. I'm if if Memphis is anything higher than plus three, I'm putting money on it. Like if Memphis is a plus six, plus seven, oh yeah, we taking that bet. We taking that bet, and we making that money. Um. So yeah, looking for uh looking forward to see what they do. Looking forward to see how their coach reacts. Uh, because one loss won't kill him, but Penny got to stop. He got to stop this. He got to stop this victim playing, man. Like it's it's not. It don't look good for him. It don't look good for the team. You know, and I think after you know after the Houston game, you know he gave Imani a shout out. I love that kid. Great. Imani's probably a great kid, but Imani was the Imani Bates experiment did not work here in Memphis. He might get and he might be back. I hope. Uh, it sounds weird to say. I think that if Imani comes back, it just throws the chemistry off of this team. And as a coach, you have to decide whether you want to do that or not. You got a good thing going now. You're on five in a row. Albeit against some teams you should have beat anyway, but you won those games. And now you got five left with only two tough teams. 
you know, now it's time to start tweaking some. Don't don't start tweaking things. Don't start tweaking things. So the question, the question of the day, are the Tigers back? Some say yes, some say no. Some say they never left. How can you be back if you never left? But I'm going to say that they are back-ish. <laughs> um, the ultimate goal of this year was to make it to the NCAA tournament. If they don't, it's a failure. It's going to be difficult for them not to now, I guess. Because one win against SMU or Houston puts them in, and they're going to play e- either one of those teams again in the conference tournament. So you got two more games against SMU before the NCAA tournament and two more games against Houston. You know, you know, J.O. done joined the show. There he is. J.O., do you have the shirts printed? If you got the shirt, maybe don't print the shirts yet, bro. Because every time you print the shirts too early, you, you don't get to use them. So, just wait until the wait until the appropriate time to print the shirts, and then you can uh, you can make your you can make your money. But it's it's I like this alternative than like watching them lose and play terrible. I I can say, you know, I'm a I'm a <laughs> the design done. <laughs> I'm a Memphis hater. Some will call me. Nah, man, I'm just a, a basketball realist. I've been in college basketball too long and not know how this game go. And Penny was doing things that most coaches do when they trying to get fired <laughs> or they don't know what they're doing. And it's been, he been in the game too long to not know what he's doing. You know, you got to have a pulse on your team. You got to know what's going to work and what's not going to work. And uh, kudos to him props to him because every year every year he starts terrible and he gets better part of that is they play in a terrible conference part of that is because you're guaranteed 12 wins every time in conference you should always beat ecu you should always beat usf you should always beat so that's four wins you should always beat temple that's six wins um you should always beat tulane that's eight wins you're going to beat Wichita once. You're going to beat Cincinnati once. That's 10. You should always – well, Tulsa gives you problems. But you should always beat Tulsa at least once. And now how it goes, however, against, you know, SMU and Houston. And it's going to get worse next year because next year they're in the worst conference because uh, who, who's leaving? Houston's leaving next year. Cincinnati's leaving next year. Memphis is going to be the big dog. They're going to be playing teams like UT San, San Antonio and back to playing UAB and teams that they're going to be blowing out by 40. So we're going to hear the same thing next year if they lose to some of these teams. So, But the one thing that we have to say, looking forward to next season, can't start slow. Can't start slow. Slow starts are what doom you. Slow starts are why I put, always put them in this position. But it ain't it's been 35 minutes. It ain't much to say when they win five in a row. You know, you can only nitpick so much. A few things that I have issue with, take issue with, with the way Penny do, but he got his team playing. He got his team playing hard. He got his team playing well. And he put his, he got his team in a position to uh, make the NCAA tournament. And that was the goal. Well, the goal was a Sweet 16, second weekend. You can't be moving goalposts. The goal for this team on October 31st, when basketball practice started, was a sweet 16. So, you know, get there. 
Do your thing. Set your expectations. You want it all to smoke? Smoke here. The smoke is at your door. But we'll see what happens. So why then damn? I ain't pulling ESPN back up. Let me go to my phone. Good people, good people, good people. Thank y'all for checking in with your boy. If you haven't already and you're watching on YouTube, man, just go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Let me know you like what you're listening to. Uh, American. So by next Thursday, so they play Temple on Thursday. We'll have we'll have another show out on Thursday at the Temple. So by next Thursday, they'll play SMU and Temple. Let's see what my boy Sean said. Boom. I think they found something that works. As a coach, you can make as many adjustments as possible, but until the players buy in, it's going to look like you don't know what you're doing. Penny still coaches like he was coaching at East. Uh, full court pressing at the May Bass on NBA size court makes players chase the ball. I don't think that's smart on the college level. Tigers are better half court defenders, but with the press and they're chasing the ball in the front court. I'm going to tell you a piece of thanks for that, Sean. I'm going to tell you a piece of advice Coach Olsen said when I was a manager in Arizona. We were in the Pac 10. It was a Pac 10 at the time. We were playing, we in the, the guards in that conference were crazy. So you had Darren Collison at UCLA, Aaron Brooks at Oregon, James Harden at Arizona State. Then you get Russell Westbrook at UCLA. Um, oh, boy. Isaiah Thomas at Washington. Um, that's when they had Quincy and all those guys. Derek Lowe at, at uh, Washington State. Oregon State had Michelle Obama, Obama brother coaching. So anyway, Cal, Cal had Randall. Was that Joseph Randall? Jason Randall? Whatever his name is. Randall, short kid. Anyway. I think I asked Coach Olsen what's, well, sometimes why you don't press. Like, bro, you can't press these guards. Like, the guards are too good. At the college level, almost every guard, well, in the Pac-10 at least, almost every guard was Jerome Randall. That's his name. Um, was too good. You can't – what are we going to do? We're going to do a 2 one against Aaron Brooks so he can just zoom through us? And, we, I mean, we had stop. We had Mustafa Shakur, Jared Bayless coming in after that. You know, JP, when JP played, like, boom, like – you ain't, you can't press them now. Now some of these teams in American they can press, but for the most part, I will, I'm with you on that, Sean. They play such hellish half court defense, and with the size that they have, it makes it very tough for some of these teams to do anything against them, which is great, which is what you need from them. Um, I just I would like to see a little more of an offensive philosophy from them. I ain't never really worried about them on the defensive end. They always play hard and they always play well on defense. But I will kind of want to see more of an offensive philosophy on the offensive end. And I think that with Penny kind of calling the plays now almost every time down the court, you can see that. Some games they go to Jalen Duran down low for the first half, then he don't he don't get a post touch no more. You know what I'm saying? Or then sometimes or like the Houston game, Landers got off. And he only took seven, he only took seven shots, five or seven to make he had 20 points. And usually he takes more, but being being cognizant of who's getting off and who you want to get off and giving putting them in the right positions to do that. And I guess a lot of the I, I guess a lot of that comes from well, J.O., you said it. You said Penny has to call every play, but then why do we so what is Alo on the court for? And that's supposed to be your point guard. That's the extension of you. 
he should be able to he's he's a senior he's gonna be a super senior he should be able to understand what's going on read read that you feel but this is not an alo bashing show no more no it is i will say it again alo alo alex lomax great kid worst two-time tennessee mr basketball winner ever he shouldn't have won tennessee i'm gonna hold that grudge for the rest of my life Alex Lomax should have never won Mr. Basketball two years in a row. No, he should have never done that. That was a travesty, a sham, and a mockery, a travesty mockery. He should never did it. But he's been playing well. (laughs) He's been playing well these last few games. And we just hope he continues. We hope he continues. He's been injured a little bit. I think he twisted his ankle again or something in the Houston game. He was out there a big play, and both him and – Landers went down at the same time. They obviously got back, but they had now they, they've had a break since. Um, and luckily for them, in the end of this conference schedule, they always get breaks. They get these four day breaks, so they got uh, they got SMU on Sunday, and then they have Temple on Thursday. So they got a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday three day break in between those games. They get ready. Temple shouldn't be an issue. Um, so yeah, man. Shout out to the Tigers. Five-game winning streak. Are they back? To me, they're back-ish. They're back to doing what we thought they would do. They're back to doing what we wanted them to do. Now they got to go above that. The whole the goal wasn't to get to that level. The goal was already to be at this level in March and then do something else. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to do the benediction, pass around the collection plate. Say any last words. Oh, yeah, we'll be back again next Thursday, man. Thank y'all for watching. Good group. Good group here tonight. Sean, my boy, J.O., always in there. Campbell, thanks for looking out. TJ, holla at you. My mama watch, of course. And um, like I always say, man, stay safe, stay woke, keep your head on a swivel, and we are out.